Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everybody, welcome to another new episode of Undying Light. I'm your host, Pastor Alex, and we are continuing our journey looking into just the craziness and dangerous theology that placates social media. And as we've talked about in the past few episodes, we've looked at really Instagram from kind of a high level. We've talked about a few accounts, and we've looked at last week that progression from you know early false teaching to modern false teaching where the platform is just endless the audience is really everybody in the world who has an account and so it used to be just you know specifically the tv only preaching and then before that it was you know you had to go around and preach uh, because you couldn't really corral the masses unless you were physically present somewhere and so the impact that false teaching has had has greatly increased in the last 20 years and probably even more so in the last 10. And now that all of these people have these uh, these platforms, these false teachers are uh, just exploding left and right. And so my goal with this series really more so is to help highlight some of the dangerous content out there, but more so to to really stress the underlining function that social media can be a good place to share theology. It can be a good and healthy place to discuss uh, different viewpoints, different opinions, different understandings. It can be a great place for discussion. It can be a great place to help further understand particular areas of faith and, uh, and, and, and those things. But it also can be a dangerous place with the influences that come from extremist and terrible and bad theology. And we can use, for instance, the some of these pages that are, you know, what we would call discernment pages, and or uh, they would be more so apologetic pages as well. But they go around and they showcase the false teachings that are uh, happening on social media, and you've got a lot of people in the comments that you know, acknowledge the fact that there are false teachings. Then you have a lot of people in those comments that are defending. And then the two collide. 
and it turns into this long escapade of bickering and fighting and you know and really what it boils down to if both groups claim to be christian and they claim to be followers of christ then why are we fighting over insignificant things especially on social media why is that such a mission for these individuals to make it their effort to go out and fight people that don't agree with them and a lot of it comes it really one big crossroad when it comes to the pentecostal and charismatic church the fighting grounds usually stem around the gifts and the workings of the holy spirit and whether those gifts are still present today and whether they're still being utilized today protestants have a few other avenues Protestants fight against the Pentecostals on those fronts. They also fight against the Catholics and the Orthodox, the Lutherans. They fight within themselves. And and it comes across on every platform. There's disagreements on baptism. There's disagreements on the Lord's Supper. There's disagreements on the absolution, the confession and absolution. There's disagreements on faith. There's disagreements on the working of the Spirit. There's disagreements on uh, the construct of sin, original sin, or is it guilt? There's disagreements on uh, eschatology. There's disagreements on all of these things. And they go toe-to-toe with people who disagree with them and fight. And that is not the purpose of social media. And that's not the purpose of the church. And so, you know, one thing I'm really trying to focus myself on, teach myself, is to slowly separate and and really try to find a you know a, a a good sounding position outside of the of the social media track and and more so because I want to remove myself mostly from that still having a small presence and still checking in with those whom I have become lifelong friends with and checking in and, and you know sharing some content here and there but not allowing it to control my life and allowing it to sweep me into unnecessary arguments and debates. Don't want that. I have better things to do with my life. And one of those things we're rolling out in my church is a program for the youth and the high school children to be more specifically and uh, allowing them a place that they can come and talk and and, and learn and have answers to the complex questions of life. And we met with uh, some of the leaders last night and our discussion was solely focused around social media and the addictions that social media has, the dangers that social media brings from all these different avenues, uh, how the suicide rates in our particular area are high amongst teenagers. And we have the, the issue to combat against, you know, the bullying and the social identities and all of this stuff on, on, on these platforms because they require so much attention and they drain so much out of us, so much emotional out of us. And I, I made the statement last night, I've said it on the show too before, you know, if we were to get rid of social media entirely, I'm talking Facebook, Instagram, you know, uh, Twitter, WhatsApp app, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, all of these platforms, they were just to disappear overnight. I would bet you within five days, the world would be 85 to 90% better. We would have far less fights and disagreements. We'd have far less bullying. We would 
be, you know, people would be more confident. People would have their lives back. People could read more. You know, we, we have become drones and slaves to technology. And we've allowed this to um, just really cripple us as a human race. You know, and, and, and I see it myself. I see that it's harder for me today to read a book than it was thir- you know, three or four or five years ago because my attention span has, is becoming governed to the reels. You, know, you spend just a little bit of time watching reels and you, you now have this attention span of a minute, two minutes. And you don't want to read a book because it's boring. There's no images. There's nothing flashing. There's nothing to grasp you and draw you in. There's no hook, if you would. And I, I kind of leave the excuse to me, well, I can just get this on Audible and I can read it that way. Well, I have 75 books in my Audible library that I need to read. And I listen to them when I'm in the gym. But I have other stuff going on during the day that I, I can't sit and just listen and listen and listen. I need to you know, balance that along with tangible reading. And I need to put the phone aside for the more important things in life. And I feel that this is a big issue with the church today is what is more important? Is it our own growth with Christ? Is it our own growth within our families, our dedication to our families, our dedication to the church and the community? Or is it the stupid three to five, you know, minute reels, 30 second reels, whatever they are, um, whatever platform you use, you know, these short videos are those more important, you know, is, is getting the clout on social media more important, the likes, the shares, the comments, the appraise of man. And that's what we have done. And that's what social media has turned the, is turning the church into. I mean, there's people that have, or claim to have these online ministries and I was one of them and we, you know, celebrate those things. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at some of these pages that, uh, are not have authority. They don't have the, the 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 teaching and the credentials to host a page that they claim to teach from, and it leads people into dangerous waters because now they're providing information and content on topics that they're not qualified to speak on. And this comes from people who even uh, don't have a church. And if you listen to the Rantathon episode from this previous year, I discussed a particular person who I am quite fond of, you know, I, I, I really appreciate his fitness and, and financial perspectives, but his, you know, his information on the church is just garbage. I mean, it is absolutely terrible. And the people who aren't classically educated in the church bite into it and, and accept what he says, hook, line and sinker. And we, you know, I broke all a lot of that down on that show. So go and listen to it if you want to, but you know, the, the end result really is we, we've become so ingrained and so just dependent upon um, social media to govern our understanding of what it means to be a church. And it is, it is a very dangerous situation to be in. It is an exceptionally dangerous place for the church to be in because we have to stand against this, this storm that is that is approaching and it's already here and whether the church acknowledges it or not, we have to figure out a way to combat these people who are being educated through social media In the smaller communities. It's not necessarily a big deal, but in these bigger, these bigger towns, when people, you know, are, are getting these young 18, 19, 20 year olds, uh, it can be very dangerous because they can bring in these bad ideologies into a church and 
they can uh, and allow it to permeate and fester and grow. And it's quite dangerous to be in. So we're going to look at uh, a couple of things today mostly um, surrounding some more of these uh, pages. And I want to talk about uh, just kind of the more, um, these more preacher pieces, if you would. And like I said, if you've been following my page for any time, you'll know that, you know, I, I share a lot of good content, a lot of good biblical content, and I share a lot of terrible, awful, bad theology. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to spend all the time leading out and calling out every false teacher, but I want to make, you know, a couple of statements on, on some of this stuff. And I want to address some of the things that, uh, uh, are out there that people can be potentially influenced by. Now I want to kind of take this in two parts. I think I'm going to use the next probably eight or nine minutes to really talk about some of these ministerial pages, but then I'm going to talk about people who host pages and this will kind of lead into next week's episode, but, um, they're going to kind of, we're going to work through some of the material. So obviously you got the Mike Todd's out there. Um, Mike Todd is a, you know, flashy young guy. He, uh, has a church. I think he's in North Carolina and I'm not entirely sure. And if I'm wrong, by all means, correct me, but he's got a church out that way. And, uh, you know, he's, he's flashy. He's up and coming. He's actually already here because he's got such a huge following. Uh, he is a, um, I want to see if he's still, if I'm not blocked by him, I think I'm blocked by him on, uh, Instagram now, finally. And nope, that's a fan page. Yep. I believe I am. I am officially blocked by Mike Todd on Instagram, which is cool. That's an accomplishment. So he, I mean, it just goes to show that there, his theology is so broken that you call him out and they just, they block you. Whoever runs his social media page, obviously he's not doing it. So that should be uh, a given. And you've got these types of guys like him, you know, they wear nice clothes, wear expensive clothes. He was featured on preachers and sneakers and the preachers and watches page a number of times. He is, you know, he says a lot of things that sound good, but are potentially very wrong and very dangerous. And that's the thing they, they say enough that it, that it sounds just about right. It sounds good, but it is far from true. And the problem is, is people will look at a Bible verse in, in of itself, the single Bible verse that they use to, you know, kind of catapult their teaching. And they say, well, that's what the verse says. Well, yes, but the greater context surrounding that verse changes the meaning and changes the application of the verse entirely. And they just, they fail to recognize those types of things. And that becomes, you know, something just exceptionally dangerous. And so you've got the Mike Todd's. And I think if you've listened to the show long enough, you follow my page long enough, Mike Todd's a low hanging fruit. He's easy to pick apart. And, you know, I share some of his content every once in a while. And it's just, it's horrendous. You know, the last one I just shared the other day, uh, he bought himself the new Apple uh, goggles or Google thing, whatever it is, the the AR 
uh, headset and he's walking around talking about it and showcasing it. I'm like, well, that's a good ministry write off. <laughs> it's like a ministry prop now. So he doesn't have to pay for it. And I think that's, you know, a pretty terrible use of finance money, even if it is his own, his own. I mean, this stuff is stupidly expensive, but the man makes, you know, a couple million dollars a year. So what's money to him? That's, and that's the other thing too. Like a lot of these big stage preachers are making undisclosed amounts of money and they do it through the church. They do it through their quote unquote book deals. They do it through their tour uh, deals. They uh, are paid for, to be a speaker and they make a lot of money. And that is a, a terrible ministry to be a part of because you are just pushing money into their lavish lifestyle. They live better than you do. That's the reality. They have a bigger house. They have nicer cars. They have better clothes. They have butlers. They have you know, security staff. They have uh, they have their own chauffeur. They don't have to drive a car unless they really want to. They have private jets. They have all of this stuff. They live a better life than you. And yet the people continue to be deceived by them and shell out money to them. Um. And then we've got another person like Kate Kerr. Uh, she's a prof, prophetic person, a prophetess, if you want. And the latest video I showed of her talks about how we're going to learn to fly in heaven. And she's also the one that did that whole like weather thing that we can control the weather with how we breathe and stuff like that. I mean, just horrendously terrible. And yet they have these ministries, you know, from going way back when that from the TV age, that has bled over and becomes, you know, a, a means today on social media that they can reach a greater audience. And it is, it is horrendous because we see a lot of how this stuff continues to, to uh, blossom. And these people who, you know, had the TV shows, you know, from the seventies and eighties and nineties, now have another platform on social media and they can continue to push their agenda and continue to push their their ridiculous prophecy. Here's an older one uh, that I shared from her from a while back. These, um, I'll try to see what it is. Uh, Jesus's favorite place to go in heaven is Christmas Town, And this is where he makes uh, toys. I mean, it's just like with Nicholas, and he, they're advocating for Christmas to be real. This was shared in July of 2023. And it's got Kelsey O'Malley and Kate Kerr in it. And Kate Kerr runs revealingheaven.com, so she's that quote-unquote ministry. So if you really want to get into it, by all means, go. Go and, go and listen to her and get nauseated and uh, just be absolutely just so ridiculous. Um. Chuck Pierce is another one that talks, you know, talks a lot about <clears throat> the Lord speaking to him. And he talks about bloodlines and all of this stuff, and yet, you know, people here in the audience are eating it up. These men and women are so good at speaking and articulating these lies that people accept it as truth, and and you you can't you can fault the people and and, and you can't so you you can fault them from the fact that they don't take the time to read and study their Bible. And you can't fault them because they were never really given the tools by which they should be able to read their Bible. And and maybe they're just ignorant in understanding. And so they bite off these things that, that sound and look good because this is, 
you know, this is what everybody else is doing. You know, I got a lot of friends that go to this church. And so it must be a good place for me to go. And that's, that's the reality and the sad fact that we, we face as, uh, as a generation is how do we combat those individuals or how do we come alongside them and, and encourage them to true biblical understanding. And like I said, those are some of the hardest missions is these deceived Christians. Those are the hardest missions we as Christians will ever face are those who are deceived by these false prophets and false teachers. Those of whom Jesus said will come into the world. And so, like I said, there's so many, uh, so many teachings out there and there's so many teachers that are just horrendous. A lot of them are very evident. You know, for instance, I have a guy on my page, uh, don't think he runs a ministry, but he's sitting in his car and he's declaring financial breakthroughs. And it these these are terrible prophecies. They're generic and they have no substance. And all they do is just babble on about how you know God has spoken to them and they will now have a uh you know, a free lifestyle of, of free of worry and free of pain and discomfort and free of all this stuff. And it, it, it gets terrible. It's really bad. And a lot of this stuff kind of comes from that Jim Baker era. Um, a lot of these new prophetic speakings come from those, those old school voices and they are permeating on social media. And again, if you step against them, then their defenders come and will go to go go to war with you, and so it's really, it's really really terrible. Um, so I mean, like I said, we can sit here and we can have a whole discussion on the false prophets and false teachings. Now let's kind of shift gears a little bit and uh, let's talk about the greater scope of some of these ministries that people have kind of picked up. Um, you know, you've got your, you've got your money preachers, right? They talk about the, the t- uh, getting your tithes and offerings. You've got your word of faith. You've got your prophecy preachers. You've got your healing ministries. So a lot of this stuff is like low hanging fruit, but what you're starting to see now are people pushing this progressive ideology and, the supporting of the LGBTQ narrative. Uh, one such individual is Brandon Robertson. He's a ELCA pastor. I won't even call him a Lutheran. He's not Lutheran. And he goes on and talks about how the Bible is was misinterpreted and misapplied and is actually supporting the gay agenda and all of this other stuff. In fact, he even uses the passage from when Lazarus is in the grave and Jesus says, come out of there that he's actually talking about Lazarus to come out of his closet and be gay for everybody. No, Lazarus was dead. The people were weeping. And you are a sick man to have the audacity to change the text like that. And these people continue to support him. He was uh, given a talk and they, like I think it looked like an auditorium type uh, place. And he made a statement and then all of a sudden lightning strikes outside and thunder and then the lights go out. And then he, everything comes back on. He goes, nah, ha, ha, that was not a sign from God. Yeah, it was. You're a heretic. 
these are the types of people that have a bad influence to the world. They are they are just they are pushing a narrative that is awful and false and wrong. And yet they are eaten well up with it. Other groups in the progressive ideology, you know, are these female preachers and especially, you know, going on the cadence of homosexuality wasn't a word used in the Bible until the 1940s. And so they sing songs and they wear their gay rainbow sashes and all this other stuff. Uh, I got a video from June of last year that talks about uh, from uh, the red Mr. Red Pin. And he goes on and, you know, kind of breaks that down. I talked about it again on the Rantathon episode uh, this past year, just covering that particular topic because it is a, uh, a very misunderstood topic when it comes to. Uh, Christianity and the way language is interpreted, especially coming from the Greek and going to uh, Latin and or Greek to just straight English. And so understanding these concepts, it is uh, important for un- for us to really unpack the, the scope of language and how the language does affect uh, all of these uh, pieces of our, our theology. And so we have, you know, all of these female preachers, we have these female prophetesses, we've got these female ELCA preachers, uh, certainly not Lutheran by any means. Uh, We have these ladies who say that, you know, there's uh, feminism is, you know, throughout the Bible, the patriarchy, we've got women who uh, stand there and tell the congregation that men are awful and that God had actually intended for women to be the gospel bearers and all this other stuff. And they just go on and on and on. And I, you know, I did a book review not too long ago on uh, a particular one that I read. It was about Jesus and and the feminist movement. And if you want to watch that, it's like an eight minute, 10 minute video, whatever, go and check it out on my Instagram page. But I talk about, you know, some of these majorly terrible misconceptions because it really again, will have a negative impact on the church by and large because the church is allowing this, and I say church as is in a, you know, a, a, a micro incident, you know, these singular instant instances of the church are allowing these false teachers to be present. And again, with the progressive movement and the, the movement and the ideology behind the LGBTQ movement, and the feminist movement, and uh, you know the the abortion pro abortion movement, all of these things. There is a huge supporting cult out there that is driving this, and so it's not like you know they're going into my church and stealing good, sound biblical people away from me. They're essentially cultivating their own church with people of their own like minded ideology. And I would go to the extent to make this claim as bold as it is that these people are not in a church. They are not Christian. They do not believe the Christian ideologies. They do not hold to Jesus Christ being Lord and the forgiveness of sin coming through him only. They are an apostate if they ever even were believers. And, and I say this under the scope of as a pastor, it is my job to find the line between the extremes on both sides of the aisle, both sides of the pendulum swinging, find the extremes and find a way to be compassionate, mercy, merciful, and understanding to both sides. 
Do I have views that I think abortion is wrong? Absolutely. I think it is wrong. I think it is a heinous, heinous crime. I think it is the one of the worst things we can do as humans is kill our unborn children, dismember them and discard them. Absolutely just disgusting. I think it's the worst thing we can do. I think that there are certain things that we can be, you know, not so extreme on when it comes to dealing with sin. But I feel that if sin is sin, then it's sin. You know, you want to talk about, you know, how do you handle an alcoholic? Well, there are certain ways that we can do so. We can do so mercifully and compassionately. You know, if there's somebody caught in adultery, it's a heinous sin. But can we be uh, compassionate and merciful to them? Absolutely. But when it comes to these ideologies, especially these left and these right ideologies, you know, can we show mercy and compassion to somebody in the LGBTQ community? Absolutely. We can show them love. We should show them love. We should be merciful to them. But we don't have to, you know, go to the extreme to say that they're condemned to hell straight up because they, you know, they have this view. We preach them the gospel. And if they reject the gospel, then we try to preach it again because maybe it just takes a little bit of the softening of the heart for them to come to a saving mind because the Holy Spirit is chipping away at them. But maybe they've hardened their heart so hard like Pharaoh did in the book of Exodus with Moses and Aaron that he's unsavable. That is a possibility as well, too. And we, we, we have to just read each situation in, you know, in its uniqueness. We cannot give blanket statements, but we as Christians need to find the middle ground and working through a lot of these problems. But the bigger issue is, you know, when you have essentially two voices in the church, you have one voice in the church screaming that all of these people are condemned to hell, no matter what, they are going to hell, they're going to hell, they're the worst things to ever walk the face of the earth, they're, they're spitting in God's face, they are just blatantly committing sin, and they're, they're the worst things since, you know, <laughs> since forever, since the fall of mankind. Then you have the other crowd that says, oh, we affirm everything and God is love and God loves you the way you are and you don't have to change. You don't have to give up the sin. Well, how do you find the middle ground between those two extremes? Yes, it's sinful, but yes, God does love them. They were made in God's image, but yes, it is a sin. And how do you decipher and walk through all of the noise in that? And I think social media has made this exceptionally difficult for the church to handle that because people who are caught in the middle and are trying to find a way out need to find a good biblical sound church and find the voice of God being spoken to them through the mouth of a preacher, offering them the forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ alone. And that is my duty as a pastor is to find the middle ground and to show mercy and compassion. So we're going to talk next week more so on the... Um, unqualified teachers and preachers on Instagram. And uh, we're going to get into kind of some of that content that I see. Like I said, a lot of these from like pastors and or theologians, they generally have, you know, they, they have education. They may not all have be, you know, uh, have a, a seminary degree perhaps, but they, they have some rounding amount of knowledge and they have, quote unquote, in their minds, the authority to teach on a particular subject, even though they are false teachers, you know, like this particular gentleman from Africa, uh, who just walks around and, uh, air kicks his congregation and they all fall backwards. You know, it's the Benny Hinn, but with the legs, you know, these people are, are, are terrible. 
you know, they're just, they're mocking the gospel. This is never done anywhere in scripture and they're just mockers of the gospel. And so you have those, those clowns, you know, you've got the clowns of the false prophets with the, you know, the fake prophecies, the God's going to give you financial breakthrough. God's talking to me about somebody in this audience right now who has back pain and he's going to heal your back. You have those clowns. You have the clowns of the prosperity, the clowns of the word of faith movement. All of these people are just clowns in a circus act. And so they're easy to easy to sniff out and they're easy to target. But we're going to deal with some things a little bit uh, more next week that are harder for us to decipher and perhaps look at some things that sound almost right but aren't quite right entirely. So thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoy this series. Uh, and uh, if you do, please share it with your friends and family. And uh, as always, one of the things I, I try not to do, and I'm going to maybe do this more organically, I hope, and uh, kind of save it to the end of the show. But I really like to stress the fact that all of my content I use for my studies on the show comes from Logos Bible software, and you can get a good copy of that. Um, we've changed up my landing page. So now if you go to logos.com forward slash undying light, you can get the fundamentals package. I think it's $50 and it gives you a good starting uh, assortment of books and commentaries and Bibles. And you can start your, your online library. You can put it on your phone, your iPad, your computer, take it anywhere with you. I have it on my phone. Like right now, I always have my, uh, my interliner up so I can always see the Greek, uh, the New Testament. I have uh, two or three study Bibles open, and I have my ESV and, a, and another version of the Bible, usually uh, King James 1900 or maybe an NASB open. And on my computer right here next to me, I've got everything ready for Friday's show geared up. So great tool. And it's, you can get it for free if you want to just start with a basic package and just start with, you know, one Bible and build up from there. Or you can start buying into the packages and get bundles straight out of the gate if you want. But it is a wonderful tool to have. I always advocate for, for it and uh, love using it. So feel free to DM me if you have questions about on the actual software itself. I can hopefully help you. One of the things I do want to try again in the future, maybe this year, is to do another webinar with it and have Logos actually join us on Undyne Light uh, on a live webinar and help kind of demonstrate the program itself to uh, to the audience. And so if you're interested in that, uh, I will be working on that probably sometime over the summer. So uh, thanks a lot. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the series again. Friday is uh, the Olivet Discourse for Matthew 24. So we're kicking that off this week. Saturday continues week nine in the reading of the Bible in a year, and I hope you guys are enjoying that as well. So until next week, have a great week. God bless. We'll see you. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 